Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Oh, I think some of you thought I forgot the World Cup. I did not forget the World Cup. Bill McDermott's going to join us here in the next uh, half hour, coming up around 525. Cam Wex, soccer analyst and broadcaster, Mr. Soccer here in St. Louis. And he's got some great Cardinal Glennon stories as well. His wife's um, and their, his wife and their twin, I almost gave him multiple wives, his wife and their twin daughters who uh, years ago were delivered two weeks premature. Uh, moved to the neonatal intensive care unit at Cardinal Glennon, and, and um, he's got quite a story. So we'll talk about that, and Bill will preview the World Cup this weekend. That's coming up a little later. We have an audio cut of the day. Kilmeade is going to join us here in just a few minutes. I can't believe it's already been a week since he's been here for our great event at the MAC. Rob Kramer, though, to kick off the hour. Rob is our Odyssey St. Louis General Sales Manager. I think he's uh, a little under the weather, so we're going to do this over the phone. How are you, Rob? You, you surviving here? I'm- I'm surviving. I, I got to tell you, though, Mark, I'm pretty honored to, you know, uh, be first in pod before Mr. Soccer. Uh, that's quite the honor. Well, Thank in, you for that. In, in front of uh, Kill Me, too. I mean, you got two. Oh, yeah. You got Mr. Soccer and Kill Me that you're coming. But, you know, you, I see you in here with the uh, Annie Fry show all the time. I don't believe you've ever appeared on the Mark Reardon show. I think I've sat in, you know, uninvited before. Just yes, uninvited in for sure. Uninvited Alex. for sure. I can guarantee you that. All right, listen, you're with me because we're going to um, offer something, a couple incentives here for the Tree Hope campaign, right? Yeah, that's right. So do you want me to go ahead and I do. Uh, I do, do want you to deal? do it. Yes. So, you know, we want to, first of all, say thank you. I want to say thank you to you, Mark, and uh, the entire 97.1 staff. Uh, We've been partnering, you know, this week with uh, the Tree of Hope with Cardinal Glennon. And so many amazing stories, you know, the one that you just teed up uh, that you guys are going to talk about a little bit later. But uh, it's been a lot of dust in the air around the St. Louis area and our radio stations uh, hearing these stories. Um, And so we want to, you know, kind of encourage more donations and, you know, as the sales manager for 97.1, advertising sales manager, uh, we are putting up um, an opportunity for our business owners, our marketing people that are out there listening. Um, we are offering for a $1,500, $1,500 donation to the Cardinal Glennon Tree of Hope. In exchange for that donation, uh, we will give $3,500, $3,500 worth of radio advertising uh, with 97.1. And we will help 
uh, you sit down with uh, one of our great marketing executives, really truly understand your business needs, and put together a marketing campaign for you in exchange for that donation to the Tree of Hope. That's a pretty good offer. So you get $1,500, you get $3,500 in advertising here on 97.1 FM Talk, and you and the, the staff on the sales side will walk them through it all, so they'll make it very easy. And obviously part of the goal here is to say, hey, look, if that works for you, and it will because we know, Rob, radio works, right? Can't right, zip through the DVR right now. You're going to listen to the show. Um, that's outstanding. So are they the way that I've been doing these so far this week when we've had some things for people to, to um, make an offer on, they just call Abby and she'll take care of them? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, if you can give that phone number for me, because I've uh, been on a couple of different stations and don't have the right phone numbers memorized. Today. Yeah, you want me to give the X number, and then they start getting calls, and they're all confused. <laughs> like they, uh, yeah, exactly. no three one four two four one ninety seven ninety seven. And if anyone just wants to reach out to me, if you go to the ninety seven one talk dot com homepage, you can find my email address and just say, "Hey, I heard you talking about that. I'd like to explore that." We'll hook you up with Rob and make sure that everyone's taken care of. But if you want to call right now. And if you're a business owner and want to take advantage of that $1,500 donation, that gets you $3,500 in radio ads here on the station. Rob will take great care of you. 314-241-9797. Anything else? Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Pretty you know, good. it's an exactly, actually right. It's a great deal, tax-deductible donation. We know how we know how much that means to Cardinal Glenn and the Tree of Hope, the, the kids, the families they care for, the greater St. Louis area. And it's one of my favorite parts of this time of the year is uh, – being able to see fa- fr- friends, family, but also, you know, take care of those in need and uh, take care of each other here in the greater St. Louis area. Awesome. Rob, thank you for uh, kicking this hour off. Appreciate and you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Mark. Thanks, guys. 314-241-9797. 241-9797. We'll keep the phone lines open for a little bit. If you need to noodle on that just a little bit, Abby will take your call and take great care of you. Yeah, Bill McDermott's coming up, uh, Mr. Soccer, a little bit later this hour. We'll talk about the World Cup and, and his story related to Cardinal Glennon. We have an audio cut of the day as well. Right now, he's back with us. This is a little unique. We don't usually do this on Fridays. Brian Kilmeade, the host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Of course, the Kilmeade Show here on 97.1 FM Talk. Brian, welcome back. How are you this afternoon? Oh, good, Mark. How are you? Good. I, uh, were they hazing you just a little bit? John Roberts giving you some trouble here heading into the weekend on set just a couple hours ago. Kilmeade, what was up with that? I don't think sarcasm has a place on television. <laughs> and I'll be, uh, I'll be going to management right after I'm done with this phone call. Yeah, it's an HR incident. There's no doubt about it. And I'd be there for you, by the way, uh, you know, on your behalf if you need it. We should mention it was just a week ago today. I can't believe it's been a week. We had such a great time with you, Brian. It was an amazing event. And uh, I text you afterwards. Look, I've been around this business for a long time, and the loyalty of this audience and everyone that took the time to um, not only meet you, everyone wants to meet you, but they wanted to meet some of us, which was really amazing. So thank you for coming into town, and I hope you had a great time last week. Uh, you guys are amazing. I mean, I, I said to you, as I got into town, we get in the car, and to listen to your show, you're promoting it for the event. You know, I think Brian's probably on his way now, and we just got a car. And then you promoted it again, and you had my voice. You, know, you guys, just little things. A month ahead of time, you said, coming up, and you gave me, I gave the date. And then you say, coming up tomorrow, and then coming up today. I'm going to be there today. All that stuff is the reason why uh, the word got out and then people came out, because you guys are such pros. Well, we had a great time, and I hope we can do it again for sure, bring it back to St. Louis. Let's talk about some of the issues. Now, when you were talking with John and the crew just a couple hours ago, that was um, a little bit on Elon Musk, and I have not heard this yet. So Fred just gave this to me. Let's see what he said. Showing real-time information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done put to them. 
And, and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, civil journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. Okay, but he seems to be making some of the same mistakes that the previous Twitter folks did, which is confusing to me because you'd think you'd want to be somewhat consistent here if you're Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, so what you're doing is, uh, what is that called, that special Twitter thing where you can actually use audio, uh, Twitter Hangout or whatever uh, it's yeah, called? Yeah, right, right, right. Twitter Spaces or whatever it's called. So I didn't even know about it. But evidently, these guys who were banned got on a conference call, and he, he, to his credit, he explained himself. And he said, look, you gave out my location. And it's my you, you saw me with the stalker the day before. You gave out my location. All you guys retweeted it or, or, or wrote it. And I can't see what they're talking about because they, they deleted all the accounts for a week. So they said they, they have, if you listen to the whole thing, they say, no, I, this was uh, public information. One person admitted they did it, and the other person doesn't seem to. And then at the end, he's like, I made my decision, that's it. And I think that I've, their reaction is hysterical. Hopping on with Anderson Cooper, complaining well, about being yeah. suspended for a week, really? How about for the last seven years, mysteriously wondering why all your followers are disappearing, why you don't get any retweets because you've been shadow banned or banned flat out? This is the first time the, Washington, the more traditional media, the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, ended up with any trouble at all. They can't handle it. Wait, but wait. I, I'm not for the way Elon handles this. He's got to get. He's got to get some type of board in there. When I was listening to you guys talk about this, I can't remember the, the what was the word. It was very dramatic that the guy that goes on CNN used for Elon Musk. Um, oh my gosh, I, I wanted to re- be reminded of that, and I can't remember. But I mean, they made it seem like this was. <laughs> You know, this was the story around the world right now. It's just amazing. I just like some consistency, and he may have a very good reason, and people might need to be pulled down from the platform. But, of course, this opens him up to all kinds of, you know, criticism for being, um, you know, obviously doing the same thing that Jack Dorsey and the gang did. Yes, only being transparent about it. So he said, this is no secret. For example, Jack Dorsey lied to Charlie Kirk. He said there is no uh, shadow banning. We're not shadow banning. And then when Charlie says, listen, there's no way I've lost all these followers and I have this little traction, they wouldn't return his calls. But he's trying, not only is he not lying, he got on the phone and explained it to the people he suspended. But the fact that he asked for a Twitter poll when they should come back is, I think, dumb. Uh, I mean, come up with a policy, make it clear. So if they give out Mark Reardon's home number, I want, you know, that person or here's your phone number, call Mark Rear, and here's his address, go harass him, or Brian Kilmeade, I do think the doxing should be a, no, a no-go zone. Absolutely. Oh, right. But is it, am I going to wait for Elon Musk to spot my tweets? How, how many people do we physically need to be able to do that? Is there a computer program for that? And then is there an arbitration board, almost as if they, a football game where you go up to the booth uh, for human beings? Uh, they do six-hour shifts. And these guys were all pre-approved with backgrounds that are transparent, with uh, faces and bios that we could all look at, and with people that could uh, be approached directly. I mean, there's got to be ways to do it. He's the smartest guy in the world. The guy's trying to get on Mars, put chips in my brain. He's <laughs> yeah, also trying to point. build tunnels under, under cities. He doesn't need my advice, but I will tell you, as the everyman, don't give – I want him to succeed. Don't give them a reason to leave. That's right. Make, yes. That's what's so frustrating about it, I think. Absolutely. Uh, what, is it just me? Look, this immigration thing is fascinating to me. All of a sudden, Title 42 is going to come to an end. Gavin Newsom all of a sudden is worried about this. Mr. Sanctuary State thinks that this is a crisis. All of a sudden, Eric Adams, oh, this is a national crisis. We've been talking about this for months now, really years. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and his, he's been overrun. A lot of them homeless. Uh, a lot of the homeless uh, are from the south, you know, from his border. We don't hear much about California's border because they let most people in. But uh, keep in mind, too, I don't know if you heard my first hour, your third hour, Senator Langford yesterday. He, he texted me and said, I just got out of a meeting with uh, these, uh, the administration. They have no plan, zero plan. They're offering the same six-point plan. And he said, keep in mind, uh, statistically, right now, with Title 42 in place, they are only throwing out 7% of the people they should. Wow. So the main difference is the volume because it, they follow our news better than we do. And they know what's happening sure. December 21st. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, you, you, I can certainly understand from the perspective of people who want to flee their countries because of the situation they're in that they'd want to come over the border if it seems like they're going to be allowed to come over the border. So they're ramping up for that. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I just, I just, uh, I think it's on purpose because we're not debating policy choices. They're, he's in Delaware, hanging out. He is not doing anything. The, the frantic situation, the Bill Malusian drone shots are not even on probably his television. I don't even think he's talking about it. You know, he was telling us who it's okay to marry uh, for the racist to intermarry this week. He made it official, and then Cindy Lauper sang about it. So that was his week. Tell me he's addressing any of our problems. No, he, he is not. One of the problems that they addressed in the United States Senate, and this was rather unique because it was unanimous, Senator Hawley introduced a bill to man TikTok on government phones, and they went for that. And obviously got members of Congress now talking about this being uh, a broader issue because of the Chinese. I, is there a scenario where you think TikTok is somehow banned in this country? Um, I think it's going to be. And the way I understand it, in talking to Tom Cotton, uh, offline, you know, they have a back door that can't be closed, and they also have a huge lobbyist uh, lobby contingent led by Trent Lott of all people to make sure that they stay a player. And but I, I don't see there's any way to do it, and there's big momentum now. Mike Gallagher is going to join me. Mike Gallagher is leading the charge too. He's going to join me Saturday night, and talk, he's going to talk about that where we're at because Nancy Pelosi at about 7:20 Eastern time this morning decided that she's going to put the uh, banning of TikTok on federal phones and federal, uh, I guess could be iPads, whatever, uh, federal uh, devices, you can't have it. So he goes, she said, I'm not interested in picking that up. And then she said, I'm putting it in the bill. So something happened overnight. So 84, 80 plus votes in the Senate. Why ignore it in the House? But that omnibus bill is just totally irresponsible. I don't, doesn't make any sense. But that's going to be inside of it now. But it's all symbolism. He's got to get off all devices. I don't know how many young people you've talked to, but they are not going to give that up easy. No, they are not. No, uh, which is interesting. I, I don't know what's going to happen, what the end game is. By the way, that makes a nice segue into uh, One Nation. What else you got coming up tomorrow night? I'm going to have Jeb Bush. I, I flew down to Florida on Monday. We, we interviewed on Tuesday morning, came back, and not only is it for a, for a One Nation, for a Fox Nation feature on who is Ron DeSantis, he's a big fan. Uh, we also talked about him. Uh, you know, son losing and things like that, and where his family's at, education, uh, the border, and as well as why he thinks Ron DeSantis should run for president and he basically get his vote. Well, I thought the polling that came out this week um, was quite revealing on the DeSantis versus Trump situation, wasn't it? To all DeSantis early, you know, he's got to go play. I mean, we, this is still the preseason. It's, it's like talking about the Cardinals before, you know, spring training and see how good they look. They haven't played a game yet. So until they go out there and start drilling and taking small 
you know, doing small town halls and doing different events and raising money and doing interviews. And he's got to do interviews with people that don't like him. Remember, Trump took all interviews. Keep his temper. Show some. Show some. Uh, show some game and other things. You know, he, we know he's tough. We know he's smart. We know his experience. We know he can execute. I think he's got to show a little bit more empathy. I think he's got to do a little bit more listening. Uh, you know, I want to see the other side. The roll with the punches guy. Yeah, so, he's, he's untested, and I think that's that's play. yeah, that's, that's something that we're gonna have to see. You know, I, I was with a bunch of people. I mentioned this on the show yesterday. I was with a bunch of Democrats the other night at an event who lived down, had places down in Florida, and these were you know these were moderate Democrats, mind you, but they had nothing but praise about DeSantis and the way that he's handled things down there, especially in the aftermath of Ian. So that's gonna go a long way. Brian, I'm off a little bit next week. I know the holidays are coming up, so Merry Christmas, have a great holiday. We will talk after the first of the year. Thanks again for coming to St. Louis, and we will see you soon. Yeah, and thanks to everything. Thanks for setting everything up, and everybody listening right now, truly appreciate it. Go get them, Mark. All right, thank, take care. Thank Christmas. you. Thanks, Brian. See you. That's Brian Kilmeade. One of the hardest-working people in my music is too loud. There are hardest-working people in all of uh, show business and entertainment and in the talk show world. We always appreciate him coming on. That was such a great event a week ago today. It's 523. Mr. Soccer, Bill McDermott. We have an audio cut of the day still coming up as well. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
A little kink says we take into the weekend. Father Christmas. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I like the more unique songs, I think. Open the presents and well, you just heard the uh, the promo for the Tree Hope campaign. We're going to try to inspire you before we get out of here one last time with Bill McDermott, Mr. Soccer, KMOX soccer analyst and broadcaster, also a direct connection to Cardinal Glennon. Bill, how are you this afternoon? Fine, Mark. How you been? Fantastic. Did you get a chance, and I don't know if you had met him in the past, but did you get a chance to meet my friend, uh, former colleague Simon Rose, when he did the color on that broadcast a few weeks ago? I did not. I did not have the opportunity. No, sir. I did not. Because no, he's sir. the guy. You know, I've told you about him before. That's why I wanted you yes. to meet him. He's the guy that used to drive me crazy when we worked together in the '90s. And this is, you know, our boss here at Odyssey, Steve Moore. That's where I met him, and that's where Simon met him years ago. But he would back then. You know, things have changed a lot, Bill. He was a Man United. Well, still is. He's a Man United guy. So he'd sit there in the lobby of the radio station where he could get a signal and listen to those games on the short wave. Things have changed mm-hmm. quite a bit, haven't they, with access to, uh, to soccer worldwide? Dramatically, Mark. I mean, uh, there were years not that long ago. Oh, just within the last decade, we were begging, begging to have games on television on a regular basis. And now, every weekend, every day of the week, every league, English Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Syria, someone has a game on to say nothing of the Champions League, and then the numbers on this most recent World Cup now are absolutely staggering. So it's uh, it's being totally, totally accepted as a legitimate part of the overall sports panorama, not just around the world, that's obvious, but in our country as well. Well, I'm going to get back to the uh, beautiful game here in a couple of minutes, if you don't mind. But we have, sure. we've done a great job. We've actually gotten a bunch of donations here this afternoon as right. we had a great package on the roundtable that we had up for, uh, for offering. Someone took advantage of that. And then Jeff Rainford, who was on the panel, matched the donations. So we're doing quite well. But we'd always like to get a little bit more with the Trio Hope campaign. And, Bill, we had you on last year. And you're, you're a big part of this because you have this amazing, and it's a sad, direct connection with Cardinal Glennon, right? Uh, it is a sad connection, uh, but it is a wonderful one in the process. Uh, to give you kind of a, a, just an overall summation, Mark, our twins were born uh, in March of uh, two, uh, 2004, uh, 1984, excuse me. Uh, they were supposed to be born in May of 1984. So they're consequently, they're two months premature, and they had all kinds of problems. But one twin, Mary, in particular, had heart liver problems nonstop throughout her 24 years. She unfortunately passed away at 24 years of age, but it's very, it's pure and simple that we had 24 years with her because of the doctors and nurses at Cardinal Glennon. Uh, As a family, you are treated with the utmost respect. You put your faith and your confidence and trust and other people's ability to do their job, and they do so under terribly difficult circumstances. You don't have a great feel for what's going on, but you follow their instructive lead. And believe me, the, uh, the, your child may indeed have surgery, but the entire family is involved in the operation. And that's what Cardinal Glennon does such a superb job of, along with the skilled medical care. They also care tremendously well 
for the family going through a really difficult time. Yeah, and that's I think that's what really sometimes I, I've said this over the past few weeks that the kids may be stronger than some of the mom and dads given the circumstances in this. And Bill, you became very known, and I think you still do this. You still do the Mary McDermott third grade basketball tournament? We do not, Mark. We uh, we met our goal for the Mary McDermott cardiac catheterization suite. Uh, we've been trying to have the grand opening, the ribbon cutting, if you will, but uh, this thing called COVID and the pandemic has gotten in the way, and we just can't have large groups of people in the hospital. But in the process, we started in 2000, uh, 2009, we ran to 2019. We raised over $600,000 through a third-grade basketball tournament. And how that how that originally occurred, Mark, was that uh, a good friend of mine, Steve Mattingly, in our parish at Immaculata, approached us as a family knowing full well we wanted to do something to honor Mary's memory and he was actively involved with the sports uh, sports department at Immaculata in particular basketball and he said that you know there's no third grade activity in basketball at all anywhere in the archdiocese so why don't we start a third grade basketball tournament in honor of Mary and we did so and we did so for uh, two distinct reasons obviously number one uh, to continue to raise funds to for the overall uh, continuance of superb medical health care and to honor Mary's memory at the hospital where she has such a, a keen overall tie as we do as an entire family. So we met our goal in the, the Mary McDermott Cardiac Catheterization Suite is indeed a reality at Cardinal Glennon. Well, and, and that, that's an amazing story, and it's an amazing success story of everything that you've done to raise money for Cardinal Glennon. You can also right now, if you'd like to give and get inspired by Bill and some of these other stories we've been sharing over the past few weeks, text the word HOPE to 2357, and that gets you a link back just to make even a small donation if you can help out. Let's talk a little soccer here. First of all, just about the new stadium, and I wasn't there that night. I had another event. I've driven by it several times. It's an amazingly impressive building, even from the outside. It's pretty exciting time for St. Louis in soccer? Uh, extremely so, Mark. And uh, this new venue, uh, not just the main stadium, uh, but the practice facilities, the overall offices, the meeting rooms, the training facilities, the locker rooms, they have immediately been vaulted, St. Louis has, has immediately been vaulted to the top of the league in overall venue appearance and actuality of uh, structure in a cent- one centralized downtown area. No place else in the league has this. And that became mandatory in the latter stages of St. Louis's quest to land an expansion team. Uh, a lot of teams initially got their expansion uh, deals with the league, not in a downtown area, but the league dramatically changed their minds on that. And everybody that uh, go- goes forward uh, from from this point now, you have to have your venues in a downtown centralized location. And boy, has St. Louis accomplished that. It is world class. Do we, and I'm a little confused on this because I think there was a draft a few weeks ago. Do we have a team that's final at yes, this sir. point? Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, not not totally final, Mark. That will, it's close to it now, uh, closer than it has been. Uh, in essence, the team started, uh, the MLS next, uh, Pro Next team, started January 31st of last year, and that was one of the real helpful parts of this overall scenario that the team was able to stay together all year long and ended up getting into the final of the championship game simply because, well, first of all, they had good players, but second of all, the coaching process was able to stay continued with these players 
throughout the entire year because MLS, the full team, did not start yet. That doesn't start till March of next year. So John Hackworth and his entire coaching staff, they were capable of staying with the team, moving players in and out, and some of the players that they signed from overseas literally came to the team in the middle of the year. So consequently, they were able to be with the team early, much earlier than anybody has ever been in this league. So St. Louis has a head start, uh, not just with players coming in early before the overall, before their first season begins, but because of superlative, superlative venue. So let, let's get to the World Cup here. And mm-hmm. is one of the big stories right now, France getting hit with, I don't know if it's COVID or the flu or something else, but they got some issues, don't they? They do have some issues with some players uh, going into the final. They, uh, the coach, Didier Deschamps, who, by the way, has a, he has a, a novel part of his career too, Mark. He's one of the only three players who played on a World Cup winning team and then was the manager slash coach for a team in the winning World Cup team. They did that in 2018, and he has a chance to do it again uh, this year. But, yes, they have some players who have had some flu-like symptoms. Now, going into this World Cup, Mark, they lost one, two, three players from their first 11, one of whom was Karim Benzema, who won the Ballon d'Or, which is the player of the year. They lost him entirely from their lineup, and they still got into the final. As a matter of fact, they're competing in the final for the fourth time in the last seven World Cups. So uh, they are the team, the current team of real pedigree in this international uh, scene. So you have a matchup between these two teams where, you know, two great world-renowned soccer powers, but also two and maybe the greatest individual matchup ever in a World Cup final, Bill. What would you say about that? This is, of all the surprises that have taken place in this World Cup, you get down to the little nitty-gritty into this final with two of the greatest soccer-playing nations. Argentina's won two World Cups. France has won two World Cups. And these teams, these two teams, are centered around two people, Lionel Messi for Argentina and Kylian Mbappe for France. And Messi, believe it or not, Mark, of his astounding career, and I mean astounding career. As a matter of fact, the last 10 to 15 years, uh, the world of soccer has been pretty much orchestrated by Messi and Ronaldo. But now in this World Cup final, it's Lionel Messi's to win. This is going to be his last opportunity. And believe it or not, he is still not revered in Argentina as much as Diego Maradona. Oh, wow. Yeah, can you believe that? Because Maradona did indeed win a World Cup in 1986. So this is Messi's, literally, as a lot of the announcers say from overseas, is this last chance saloon for Messi. But Kylian Mbappe right now, who won in 2018, when he was 19, he's 23 now. He is the player. He is the player on the world stage. I have never seen a player of his ability, his quickness and explosion speed from a dead stop on a ball, running at defenders. He is remarkable. So how do you handicap the game then? Uh, I, have, I have France winning simply because I think that Mbappe is a continual threat for 90 straight minutes, along with his supporting cast of Olivier Giroud, who's been having a fabulous World Cup, and Tom Griezmann. Now, Messi is not doing the same amount of running that he used to do. What he does, however, now is more dangerous. He lurks just outside the penalty area, walks, 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 and then all of a sudden, again, the explosion speed from a dead stop 
works one-twos, sends people through into the penalty area, and Julian Alvarez has become his more or less running mate. When he played with Barcelona, Mark, in, this, in the absolute halcyon era, Iniesta and Xavi were always supplying Messi, and that's where he scored the majority of his goals and provided most of the magic. But right now, it is indeed, it's being... Uh, it's being promoted as the fact it's Messi against Mbappe, and that's pretty much it. There's fabulous supporting cast for each team. They played each other, Mark, uh, at the last World Cup, uh, June 30th of 2018, in the second round, and it was a magnificent game. Uh, France won that by a score of 4-3, to three, and Mbappe got two in that particular game. So this is going to be much the same, but uh, as usual, in World Cups, when it gets down to the final, it's teams of absolute world pedigree. So th- this is unique. I always have to be reminded of this, and I, I'm genuinely curious how much you know attention this gets. I know it's another World Cup game, but how, how important is the consolation game? Uh, for international reputation, uh, big. And it is big for a country like Croatia that has only 4 million people to say nothing of what it means Morocco. to Morocco. Yeah. It, this is an astounding story. Uh, Morocco uh, did quite a few of their games uh, to the last World Cups, and they were just on the verge of really exploding. But to get this far, the first time an African country has gotten this far, uh, you saw uh, some of their liabilities against France. They didn't have anything of a, a constant overall attack. But nonetheless, they got to the semifinals of the World Cup, the first African country to do it. And because all the other Arabian countries were knocked out of the World Cup, they also were cheering for Morocco. So it was like standing on a corner in Casablanca or Marrakesh. <laughs> it was the stands were electric, uh, all all for Morocco. How, how would you rate, Bill, just the the whole World Cup from the standpoint that there were a lot of people, I think myself included, thinking this is a bad decision to put this in Qatar and there's going to be issues and obviously there were a few things that happened. There were some protests and things along those lines. You got a great final, there's no doubt. What about the lead-up to the final? Success for Qatar? I, I think so, Mark, and believe it or not, uh, from the very get-go, from the very get-go when it was awarded 12 years ago, uh, I'd said on many occasions, uh, this is a non-starter from the very outset for a variety of different reasons. Uh, first of all, they uh, transformed the World Cup from 32 to 29 games because of the weather. Because of the weather, they had to move the World Cup from the summer to the winter. There was no time in between the end of the season and the beginning of the World Cup, case in point. This is why France has so many injuries uh, going yeah, into right. the World Cup. Right. But um, it's going to be dramatically different in 2026, and I mean dramatically different simply because the World Cup is going from 32 to 48 teams for the first time in its history, and that's why it's in Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Uh, but overall, for a variety of different reasons, uh, I did not care for the selection of Qatar as a World Cup site, uh, but... <laughs> As it is the case, whenever there's political uh, issues always at hand in World Cups, at least it certainly seems to be, the soccer on the field emerges as the victor. Doesn't Kansas City get a, a game in the next yes, World sir. Cup? Or at least one, yes. right? Yeah, that's kind of They are cool. a venue. They were not a venue in 1994 when the World Cup came to our country. By the way, Mark, uh, everybody said when that happened in 1994, how come in the United States? 
You can't have a world cup in the United States. They don't have an organized league. Oh, it'll be huge uh, in 26, won't oh, it? Oh, my word. It, it was the most successful right now. The average attendance in 1994 was 68,991, the largest average attendance in the history of the World Cup, dating back to 1930 when it started. But 2026 will be an epic event in Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Where, where's the Women's World Cup in two years? New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. Okay. And then one final question here, just because, um, you know, I think this is always the question. What's the future of the USA men's programming? Can they compete on the world stage? Uh, Yes, they can compete on the world stage. But as you see the United States getting better, you also see the rest of the world getting better. And let's face it, the rest of the world has had a little bit of a head start. And you see when the United States gets into like the round of 16 against Netherlands uh, and some of their other earlier games. Uh, the real the part of their game that really surfaced that the United States was lacking, and that was scoring, a legitimate goal-scoring forward. Josh Sargent you know, seems to be the guy for the future, but this team now, they're so young, Mark. It bodes well, extremely well for them in 2026 because the players, the majority of these players who were in the first 11 are going to now going to be of prime World Cup age, 25, 26, 27. So this looks looks good, very good. Looks better for the United States in 2026. Bill McDermott, you're awesome, and you make it so easy for a guy like me who doesn't know a whole lot about soccer to talk soccer. So I always appreciate that, and thank you for the inspiration for the Tree of Hope campaign as well. 2023 is going to be a huge year here in St. Louis, and even someone like me who isn't the biggest fan is really looking forward to seeing that stadium and seeing those games. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Very much so. March of 2023. And again, Mark, thank you for all your work on behalf of Cardinal Glennon, which uh, our family terms as Lourdes on South Grand Avenue. No doubt about it. Bill McDermott, you have a great Christmas. Thanks, thank you so much. You all right, too. take care. Bye now. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. I have a couple that I wanted to sneak in here. First, this was at a reparations hearing in California because they're going to hand out apparently hundreds of thousands of dollars to descendants of slaves because this is easy to figure out and they absolutely deserve it, right? We built this country. We served this country honorably. We need reparations. At the end of the day, any amount is too little. And every amount is never enough. The correct platform is to be on a national level. You got to get it to that point. Yeah, you got to get it to that point. They're going to send people $250,000 in California. Let's do it federally as well. You know who might have a say in that? Nancy Pelosi. Well, maybe not. She's not going to be speaker anymore. And she's getting a little testy. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. Really? Really? Those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. (laughs) You know, the thing about that is she's being nasty. I kind of like it when politicians are at least honest and say, you know what, that's a dumb question. But Nancy's getting a little testy there. And then this, this is amazing because, look, we had a shooting. I mentioned this on the roundtable right here across from this building in between where I am. So 14th and Market right across from City Hall in the park where all the homeless people are shooting two o'clock the other day. Big carjacking Sunday night at the Amico Station. Skinker right there by Forest Park. So this is a woman in Chicago, though. 1115 in the morning. Diana DiGiacomo comes out. She's got her dog, Jasper. Someone jumps out of the cart. Wayne and Webster in Lincoln Park. Yeah, what, what happened? I just parked my car and I was going to my daughter's house and um, 
I thought I'd take the dog for a quick walk before I went in the house. And clearly these guys were watching. Um, he jumped out of the car, stuck the gun in my face, and he said, give me your purse. And I, I, I was so stunned, I didn't even react at first. And then when my dog walked around me and then he put the gun in the dog's face and said, give me a purse or I'll kill you and the dog. And I'm like, just take it. Just just take it. And then I just kind of stood there and waited for him to leave. He ran down the street. I watched him rifling through it. And then I watched him throw the purse on the ground, jump in the car and take off. Yeah, they took the car and then they used it in another carjacking on Wednesday night. Diana Giacomo says she's glad she has a place in Wisconsin because Chicago is too dangerous these days in the middle of the day. Kind of like St. Louis. There's some Christmas cheer for you on a Friday night. Have a great weekend. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.